0: two down and two to go. That's the perspective that my wife and I have with our family because we have two kids who have a driver's license and two who do not have one yet. And whenever you're talking about driving or teaching someone new to drive, blind spot is a big deal It's important to know your blind spot so that you can adjust accordingly or be very careful and aware of your blind spot. For those who don't know, the blind spot is the area of road on either side of your car that you cannot see from the driver's seat. And if you're driving an 18-wheeler, a semi-truck, there's multiple blind spots because of the size and the height of the vehicle. We've all seen the signs on the back of the trailers, haven't we? If you can't see my mirrors, I can't see you. And if blind spots are important to navigate your way through in driving a vehicle, and they are, we all know that, how much more important are they when you are thinking about navigating your relationship with God, the needs of the soul? Within each of our sinful hearts beats a rebel that does not want to admit any blind spots, and even if it does admit one here and there, it thinks it is capable of solving the problem. We need Jesus to bring us his holy word, to teach us that we are totally dependent on him and him alone for everything, but especially in dealing with our blind spots. Today, on the pages of Scripture, we are going to see Jesus help a rich, young ruler deal with his blind spot and also the disciples dealing with theirs. We begin by seeing that in Luke chapter 18, verse 18, a certain ruler and other scriptures that record this same account teach us that this was a rich, young ruler. Came to Jesus, running to him, falling at his feet before him, and asking this question Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, this guy had it all, didn't he? He was a rich, young ruler. And no matter what century you have lived in, and no matter what country you have been a part of, I think it's fair to say that in the vast majority of the cases, those are three commodities everybody wants. Being rich, being young, being a ruler. This rich young ruler thought that life was all about following a recipe to create a heaven on earth for yourself, and quite frankly, if you He was a rich, young ruler. Most of the time, he was pretty successful in his endeavors. Just think about how proud his parents were of him. Just think about how many friends he had everywhere he went. Just think about how he turned every head when he walked into the room and people said, ooh, and ah, and they wanted to get to know him for personal benefit, maybe, but still, he got a lot of attention all the time no matter where he went, no matter what he did. And also notice that he wasn't like the wealthy Pharisees who often approached Jesus with a sinister attitude, a scowling eye, look, and heart. This guy ran to Jesus, fell at his feet before him, and was generally polite and nice and he said good teacher what must I do to inherit eternal life Jesus went to work immediately pointing out his blind spot look at verse 19 why do you call me good Jesus answered no one is good except God alone you know the commandments you shall not commit adultery you shall not murder you shall not steal you shall not give false testimony Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. Jesus went to work on his blind spot because he knew that this rich young ruler, though polite and nice, had as his starting point, life is all about creating a heaven on earth. And you follow a recipe in order to create a heaven on earth. More and more. wealth more and more youth or health, more and more power and control, ruling your own life, getting your way. That's what life is all about. And he assumed that because he had generally been successful at that in his earthly life so far, that matters of eternity were similar. You can follow a checklist, like following a recipe, and create your own heaven in heaven. And he was pretty sure he had most of the ingredients already. He just needed one or two more. And he humbly fell at Jesus' feet to figure out what that was. And Jesus said, why are you calling me good? Why are you throwing around good casually? From the starting point that you think in the swimming pool of good, there's God... And there's me, the good teacher, and there's you? And we're all considered good? Jesus pointed out the commandments, the second table of the law, how we are to love our neighbor. And the man, the rich young ruler, had sized himself up incorrectly, another big blind spot. He thought he had kept these commandments perfectly since he was a boy. Check, 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 check. What other check do I need in my recipe? Then Jesus hit him between the eyes. He exposed the major blind spot. Jesus heard this and he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. The man heard Jesus address the first commandment and apply it in his heart. And his subtle pride took over. You see, the blind spot wasn't just that he loved money and was very wealthy. And his blind spot wasn't just that he loved his youth and health and vim and vigor and had plenty of it to go around. And his subtle pride wasn't just that he loved being in control and often was, quite frankly. His subtle pride, the core of it, was that he thought he was capable of earning an eternal future with god he thought he was able to control everything in heaven as he often controlled things on earth so far for now for the time being and that's where jesus exposed him and his subtle pride the man simply didn't want to admit that he wasn't good as is and that he had a lot of problem in eternity that he wasn't even close to establishing or earning an eternal inheritance. C.S. Lewis had an interesting quote as we are applying these words to ourselves. He said, A world of nice people, content in their own niceness, looking no further and turned away from God, would be just as desperate for salvation as a miserable world of miserable people but they might be even more difficult to save. Think about your blind spot. Subtle pride. The subtle me-first arrogance where we dare to think the world is all about us and God squeezes in there from time to time. What would Jesus say to you and me today if he were here exposing our blind spot in our relationship with him? Maybe he'd ask us about our identity. Is your identity found in your bank account? Whether that's good or bad. And you just can't get over it. And you spend all of your waking moments trying to get more money. Whether you already see yourself as someone identified as good financially or bad financially. What if Jesus talked about Our control freak inside of us, that we're passionate to control our own heaven on earth situation and slow, even not wanting to ever trust the God who is in control. Do you casually put yourself in that I'm a pretty good person category, along with the rich young ruler before Jesus exposed his blind spot? Or do you admit that you're broken in sin, a beggar for grace? And if you admit that you're broken in sin and a beggar for grace, are you willing to cling to the cross with all you've got? Or is your subtle pride rearing up with its ugly head to say, I'm broken in sin, I'm a beggar for grace, I've got to fix it. Because I don't trust that God is going to do it in a way I need it to be done. You see, we have a lot of blind spots and our subtle pride is terrible, in being deceptive. We fall into rich, young rulerism so easily, and it's even tougher to detect when we live in a world where rich, young rulerism is all around everywhere we look. But guess what? It always has been. This is not breaking news. It always will be no matter where you go, as long as God lets the world continue. Jesus is so generous. Jesus is so looking out for us. He is willing to take the time and the effort to give us tough truth, to show us tough love, to expose our blind spots, wherever they may be, only so that he can lead us to that beautiful spot where we say, I am broken in sin, I'm a beggar for grace, I'm nothing but a water bottle full of spit that no one else would want. And that's why I have a Savior. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, even though he does point out our blind spots and condemn them. He came to save the world. He came to point out all of our sin so that we can lean on him all the more and trust in him all the more closely. Jesus came to give us his holy word that produces total dependence on him and him alone. He perfectly lived when he was on earth. And if we tried to add anything to his perfect life, it would only spoil it. He died innocently on the cross in our place. And if we tried to join him in helping out, it would only ruin it. He rose from the dead in powerful victory and ascended on high into heaven. And if we tried to give him a boost, it would only hurt the matter. Jesus saved us by his finished work and he did it all by himself. And that's the best news. Broken sinners, beggars for grace, with lots of blind spots, with subtle pride all over the place, it's the best news we could ever hear. That our salvation, that our eternal inheritance is totally dependent on a Savior who loves us like Jesus loves us. And that gives us courage, doesn't it? It gives us peace, it gives us joy, it gives us thankfulness, it gives us an all-in heart to be okay with our blind spots being exposed. We can be okay with that rich young ruler inside of us having the light shed on him or her. Whatever worldly attitude or worldly zeal and goal we have We're content letting Jesus shine his holy law there so that we can root that out of our soul, depend on him for forgiveness, and march forward with more joy and confidence and peace than we've ever had before. Jesus, as he's exposing blind spots, didn't only expose the rich young ruler who walked away sad with a storm brewing in his heart. Did he ever come back in repentance? We don't know hopefully. But right away, his words exposed a different blind spot in his disciples and had a wonderful, encouraging, upbuilding, edifying ending. Here's what I mean by that. Verse 24, Jesus looked at the rich young ruler walking away and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God, Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Our Savior used the largest land animal, the camel, and the smallest opening the eye of a needle, to illustrate a point. He said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to depend on self and enter the kingdom of God. And the truth he was getting at was this. Both are impossible. There is no possible way any rich young ruler or someone who craves being a rich young ruler can conjure up the repentance, can follow the recipe or the checklist in order to have eternal life with God being something in their possession. It's not possible. It never will be. We're broken sinners, beggars for grace. But what is impossible with man is possible with God. When subtle pride leads you to love money and think about it all the time, identifying yourself with it, whether that's good or bad. It's impossible for you to get past that. But it is possible for God to lead you past that as He leads you to repentance and trust in Christ, that your identity is found not in your bank account, but by His cross and empty tomb. When you have your younger years slipping by and your health is declining if you are going to try to conjure it up in yourself to still be full of energy and ready to go and it's always going to be like this that's impossible for man to do that but it's not impossible for God to give you contentment even as you age to give you joy and anticipation even as your health is declining To look past this world to the next world. His eternal inheritance that is guaranteed to come your way. It's not too hard for God to get your heart there. He's glad to do it. When that subtle pride is always wanting to control things and so slow to trust, even unable to trust. It's impossible for humans like us to back off. We're only going to grab all the more. But what's impossible for man is possible for God. He can lead your heart to deep repentance and trust that a Savior who loves you enough to point out your blind spots and lead you to his cross will also continue to love you enough forever so that you can trust him every minute of every day as life changes and goes up and down. Money comes and goes. Youth comes and goes. Things that we can control for short short amounts of time, sort of, comes and goes. God's faithfulness never comes and goes. So listen to God's word. Let Jesus expose your blind spots. Let Jesus handle your blind spots. The one who trusts in him Alone is never put to shame. Take that home. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.